Welcome to Hitchcock chronologically. I don't know why I think that that's a hard thing to say, but for some, I'll get used to it. We got 70 something episodes to go before we're done watching all of these movies. This, uh, my name's Jeff. I'm the host and I am watching every single Alfred Hitchcock movie in order. And I'm recapping them chronologically back to you. Uh, there is one exception, of course, which is the movie, um, which is the movie, The Mountain Eagle, which has been lost to time. There are no prints around. Nobody could watch it even if they wanted to. I wonder if there's anyone still alive that actually saw this movie. Um, the Mountain Eagle came out in 1926. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're almost 100 years old and you've seen the film, The Mountain Eagle, get at me, bro. Or madam, either way. Uh, anyway, uh, so this week I watched... And I will be reviewing The Lodger, A Story of London Fog that came out in 1927. Uh, this is Alfred Hitchcock's third film. Again, I cannot review the second one. And I think this is going to be the last time I bring up the second movie on this podcast. Maybe. Who knows? We got a long way to go. Uh, of course, it's directed by Alfred Hitchcock. And it stars Ivor Novello, Marie Alt, and June Tripp. Um, now... I do know that my next movie I'm watching also stars Ivor Novello. Um, so we're going to get a double dipping of, of, of his performances. This movie, uh, when I pulled it up, so I watched this movie on HBO Max, and the description says that a, uh, what I would call a bed and breakfast almost, it's not even that, basically these... Uh, this couple has a room for rent and they rent it out to the lodger who, according to HBO Max, they suspect that their house guest is Jack the Ripper, the infamous serial killer. Now, that premise alone is a is a good idea for a movie. Let's make a movie about a guy that might be a serial killer that's in your home. That's a great premise for a film. So I actually really looking forward to watching this one. This is Alfred Hitchcock's first hit. Uh, you know, I, the the mountain, whatever it was called, the, the movie before this that no one can see uh, actually flopped in both theaters and with critics uh, to the point where Alfred Hitchcock said he's glad it's lost. But then he rebounds with The Lodger, which is a big hit for him. So big, in fact, that they re-released the previously uh, movie that had not been watched, uh, released in the UK. Um, that's how big this movie is. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it or I was looking forward to watching it. I have since watched it. And I don't know if it's the fact that the novelty of watching a silent film is wearing off. I had a harder time with this one and not because it's worse. So I'm going to try to put those feelings aside a little bit because I don't think it's worse than the uh, pleasure garden, which I gave a thumbs up out of my two point rating system, thumbs up and thumbs down. I do think that it is just because I don't really want to watch silent movies and I have several more to go still. Prayers are welcome. But this is really the first Hitchcock movie that feels like what a Hitchcock movie would feel like. It's It's got what you expect from him. It's got murder. It's got suspense. 
It's got creepy shadows and fog. Not that you expect fog from Hitchcock. He, anyway, but it, it's a thriller where as the pleasure garden was more of even, I mean, the last bit of it kind of was a thriller, but it was really sort of a weird romantic drama. Um, so this is definitely the kind of movie I want to watch for him. Now, I bring up the Jack the Ripper thing because when you start the movie, it is not Jack the Ripper. It's not set in 1888 when Jack the Ripper was active. So right away, that gets thrown out. Uh, the serial killer in this movie is the Avenger. Um, now, I believe this predates the Avengers from the comics, but may I don't know if it predates the Avengers, the ones with the bowler caps, probably. Um, look it up, Google it, bowler cap Avengers. But this Avenger kills blonde women and leaves a calling card on them, which is a triangle with the word Avenger written in the middle. That's this guy's MO. So the movie starts off with like newspaper reels. And uh, the one thing that keeps flashing is two night and two night is T O hyphen space N I G H T blonde uh, curls as in curly hair. Well, it's advertising a show nearby called blonde curls. So this movie, as well as the, pleasure garden both start off with some sort of performance now this time you don't get to see the performance you just go backstage and you meet the protagonist i say protagonist but that's she's she's one of the protagonists one of the big the thing is about these early hitchcock movies i don't know if this is the case for all silent films but the cast is relatively small on imdb you have a list of maybe 12 people, one of which is Alfred Hitchcock. And that's notable because uh, the lodger is the first time Alfred Hitchcock makes a cameo in his movies, uh, which is something he's known for is cameos in movies so much so that I had thought he had done it in all of his movies, but it turns out that's not the case. There are several movies that he doesn't cameo in, uh, but when he does, I'm going to try to make a point of pointing it out. So very early in the mo in the movie, there's a lot of news reels and news going around about this serial killer. And you see a rotund man with his back to the camera in like a newsroom on the phone. And that's Alfred Hitchcock. And this is a young Alfred Hitchcock, obviously. This is the 20s still. And so his hair is black instead of gray. He's facing away from me, so I can't tell if he's got a full head of hair, uh, but First cameo from Alfred Hitchcock in a, in a movie, uh, pretty momentous. So essentially there's a whole, this movie starts off horribly. Like the opening of this movie is to me the worst thing because it's telling you over and over and over again that there's a serial killer loose and that he likes to kill blonde women. That could have been done a lot quicker. It's many, many minutes of, of this, even to the point where when we first see our, uh, first protagonist uh daisy who was played by june trip and uh she is one of the uh dancers or performers in the show blonde curls or i think i, I believe that's what it's called and everybody's all her friends are gabbing about the serial killer and she's looking in the mirror and looking at her hair and she realizes it's blonde 
like she didn't know that before, like immediately, like, all right, I know what color my hair is. If there's something on the news about someone with blonde hair, I'm not going to look at it and realize, oh no, it's blonde. Anyway, they're goofing off. They're, they're basically making light of this. Everyone goes home. There's another murder. Anyway, we get to the, where most of this movie is set, which is in this house uh, with a landlady and a landlord. And on IMDb, the proprietors of this house are uh, billed as just that landlady and her husband. Uh, they have a guest in their home at this time, and it is Joe. Uh, Joe is a police detective. And one thing about these um, silent movies is there's something, I don't know if it's the makeup or the lighting or what, but at times the faces of these actors can be immensely terrifying. Joe is played by Malcolm Keene, K-E-E-N. And it's just stunning to see this pale man. But uh, the husband of the, uh, what do you call it? The landlady is there with a newspaper in his hand talking about the killer and points at Joe, who from here on out will be referred to as douche cop. And you will find out why. It points the douche cop. And says, look here, you cops are really having a hard time catching the Avenger. He keeps striking. And he, douche cop plays it off as a joke. Daisy comes home and douche cop immediately starts putting the moves on Daisy and they kiss and they're kind of a couple, but there's a lot of things that Daisy does that lets you know she's not totally into douche cop. So that's the setup right here we are and they're talking about the killer it's a it's a dark night out and there's a a a knock at the door the landlady opens the door and standing there is the other protagonist the uh, titular protagonist the lodger played by ivor novello and he is dressed up like a serial killer he has on a long black trench coat uh, a hat like a fedora and he's got a scarf covering his face he doesn't say a word when she opens the door and i know this is a silent film i get that but he doesn't move he just stands in the doorway and then he walks through the entranceway and instead of asking for a room points at the sign that there's a room for rent and ladies like, and, and this is the thing about silent movies. This might just be totally done to eliminate as much reading as possible, because much like the pleasure garden, there wasn't a lot of reading. And what reading was there was actually nice, big font, uh, which was nice for me. And they didn't do the thing where they named the actor who was saying things. Uh, it did a much better job of the person's lips that were moving was then followed by the person their their words much easier to follow so they rent the room to the lodger when he gets to his room he sees there are many paintings of blonde women in the room or women in general maybe not specifically blonde and he starts turning them around and while he's doing this the landlady walks in and asks him what he's doing and uh, he's like hey he's got to go They're making me uncomfortable, which is weird. And so right on, we're already starting to lay the groundwork that 
the lodger is a suspected serial killer. Uh, but he's paying so much for his room that they oblige and take the paintings out. I'm going to try to be more concise than I was last week because I don't want to just do a beat for beat recap. But there are some things that need to be said about Douche Cop that I cannot let go of. Douche Cop goes, uh, so we get to the next day and um, the lodger's creeping everyone out. But we get to the next day and Douche Cop busts in the door and he's got handcuffs on his finger and he's twirling them around and he's like, guess who was given the Avenger case? Douche Cop. And he's so proud of himself and he keeps, and he's like clanking the handcuffs together. He goes, the Avenger's going to be wearing these pretty soon. We're going to give him a new bracelet. Douche cap. Just, he's insufferable. And uh, at this time, I'm trying, at this time, I believe Daisy is upstairs with the lodger. Douche cop catches them, not even doing anything peculiar, just talking and, and getting to know one another. And um, that, there are so many moments in this movie where they're acting like the lodger's going to kill Daisy. There's a point where he grabs a fire poker while she's bending over and then he cuts back and he's poking the kindles of the fire like he should be. Just several things like that. They really want you to buy in. And again, this is early in film. So I don't know how much these tropes had been done at this point, but through the 2021 lens, uh, it's pretty heavy handed to the point where I, I never really believed that the lodger was the killer because it just was so obvious. I don't know if you've seen Scream, but in that movie, there are two killers. I don't want to say who they are, but one of them, they make it obvious the entire movie that it's this person. So obvious, in fact, I don't believe it. So when it turns out he is the killer, it surprises me. So that could have surprised me if it turned out that the lodger was the killer. But again, not the case. Immediately, douche cop finds the lodger and Daisy talking. And he asked Daisy to join him. They run downstairs and he throws the handcuffs on Daisy and is laughing his butt off. And she's like, now she kind of overreacts, honestly. But again, she didn't ask for these honors. So she's in her rights to, to want them off. But she's like weeping. Get him off. And he's like, ha, 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 douche cop. And the lodger comes out of his room and sees this. And he's livid now. So now, at this point in the movie, we, as the viewer, know he's a killer. And he's going to kill douche cop. So already we're on the lodger side, or at least I am. I can't stand this guy and I want him gone. Uh, so we basically get to kind of this lull in the movie where Daisy is getting to know the lodger and they're starting to fall for each other. And shortly hereafter, uh, so the killer kills on Tuesday night, every Tuesday night. I don't know why that's his M.O., maybe that's his day off, but Tuesday is the day he goes out and does his murders. And on Tuesday night, the lodger dressed up like a serial killer and went out the front door. And there was indeed a murder that night. And the lodger comes back and goes upstairs. And the whole time, our landlady is up and she sees all of this. 
So now she's really suspecting this dude because he's creepy to begin with. Like he really is. Like he, he really doesn't do himself any favors. And so she starts to suspect things and tells her husband and they're like, oh gosh, this guy's the killer. And they tell douche cop and douche cop's like, okay. But Daisy and, and the lodger are really hitting it off now. They're making out. But at the same time, she's still kissing douche cop on occasion, like giving him mixed signals. But you can tell she doesn't really like him. And definitely lodger is the better of the two. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what she's thinking, but she's kissing both of these guys still. So the landlady talks douche cop into getting a warrant or not even getting, not even going that far, but just telling him, Hey, this is definitely the guy. It's super fishy. He's got this, she sneaks into his room at one point and finds that he's got one of these like in his desk is like locked chest. So there's like secret stuff in there. So a uh, douche cop gets a warrant and comes back with his home with the, with the police officers and they go upstairs and, and present the war and begin to search the room. And they do open the locked area where uh, the lodger has his personal items. And there's a bag in there and they pull it out. And inside is a lot of incriminating evidence. There's a picture of the first victim. There is a map that has marks as to where all the murders have been. And the murders are all kind of leading to this house that the landlady is running, where the lodger is currently staying. And they ask him, why do you have all this stuff? Why do you have this picture of your first victim? And it turns out that the picture of this woman is actually, according to the lodger, his sister, who was murdered by the Avenger. And he promised his late mother that he would not rest until the Avenger was brought to justice. And so he's a vigilante. That's his story anyway. But for Dushkop, this is enough evidence. He decides to arrest. <laughs> this part's pretty good. So the cop and uh, the lodger are downstairs with basically everyone in this movie are in the foyer of this home. Daisy is begging Dushkop not to, to take him away. She vouches for him, says he's a good guy. Doesn't offer any proof as to the fact that he's not. I mean, frankly, he's been pretty suspicious the whole time. And <laughs> the lodger looks at Daisy and basically asks for him, her to distract the cops. Now, there's several cops, maybe three. But she's able to distract all three of them. And all the lodger does is kind of shake and run out the front door and get away. Right before he asks her to make a distraction, he says, meet me at the courtyard. So uh, after he's run out the front door, she follows to the courtyard. They cuddle and proclaim their love for one another. Uh, but the, the the lodger actually has handcuffs on, these handcuffs that um, Dushkop was spinning around his finger um, the whole time. Really just proud of having handcuffs. It's like being proud of owning a t-shirt. If you're a police officer, you would think that these would be everyday items. But I'm pretty sure this is the first time he's seen handcuffs the way that Dushkop cherishes them. So they go to a bar and get noticed. Uh, and they run out. 
douche cop shows up at the bar and he says, oh, you guys saw that guy. Well, that's the Avenger. That's the serial killer. And so this drunken mob from the bar go out chasing him. And right when this happens, douche cop gets a call at the bar. Somehow they know he's there or he maybe he called in. I don't want to presume that that's a plot hole, but he calls in to home base and says, hey, I've got the Avenger. And they say, that's not possible. We actually just caught the Avenger red handed. Now we know that the lodger is indeed not a serial killer. He is who he says he is. He's the brother of one of the victims. Uh, and there's an angry mob after him. And this, like, there were maybe 13 people in the bar. But as they are chasing down the lodger, it's an insane number of people. The entire town has turned out. It's everybody they could find. And the lodger's running from them. He leaps over a fence but, and you know how those fences have those like spikes in the middle pointing up? His handcuffs get wrapped around it. So he's dangling from this fence. There's people on top of him trying to po to mess with him. There's people below him pawing at him. And Dushkop, realizing now that he's made a huge mistake, is trying to save this guy. Daisy gets there first. They end up getting him down and pushing the crowd away. And he survives. And the cop is like, oh, thank goodness I got to him in time, huh? Even though this is all his fault. Uh, we're pretty much at the end here. They uh, they get, do they get married at the end? They get engaged. Anyway, the, basically this is the end. They, they get together and the, the parting um, is that the lodger and Daisy are together. I don't know, man. I don't know about this one. There are a lot of great shots. There are a lot of things that you can say that's Hitchcock, that's Hitchcock, where may, these are at the actual first time he's done some things, interesting shots around the staircases like in, that are done in Psycho, um, cool work with shadows and lighting. And again, the, the body language here is good because it conveys the story without having to put all the words on the screen. There's not a lot of reading here, which is nice. Uh, it kind of has... Uh, a rough start. And really, I don't, there isn't a lot here for me. I think sure. A, a lot happens in the last act. And there's a lot of funny, like the things I think that are meant to be scary kind of come off as funny to me. Like the poker thing where she's bending over and he's reaching for a hot poker. And there's another time he pulls a knife out. And it turns out he was cutting something else. I don't remember, but it wasn't murder related. I don't think I like this movie, but I don't think I hate it either. I think it's a thumbs up, but barely. This movie is on HBO Max. If you want to watch it uh, at the time of my recording, um, it is on HBO Max. So you can find it there. And if you're willing to sit through a silent movie, it's not a bad one. It's an hour and a half. It's not as short as The Pleasure Garden. I think I preferred the pleasure garden just in all honesty. I think that, so I think what I'm going to do is at the end of this, I I'm going to pick my favorite Hitchcock movie and how I'm going to do that is I'm going to pull a champion forward. I'm going to take the best movie I've seen, pit it against the movie I'm watching and decide who the winner is. And the winner moves forward to compete against the next movie. Makes sense. Great. Awesome. We're moving on. So 
obviously the first movie I saw was the pleasure garden. The second movie was the lodger. And I, and in the, like, I think a film historian or a film, actual film buff, as opposed to me would probably disagree, but I think I'm going to pull the, the, the pleasure garden as the winner because I, there's maybe it's the fact that it was the first one and it's shorter and it's weirdly bizarrely entertaining in uh almost a train wreck sort of way where as this while almost assuredly revolutionary for the time hasn't aged that well to me uh it i think it invents a lot of tropes now that are commonplace in 2021 and i think that it's innovation and it's inspiration on the genre uh cannot be denied but as someone who's seen a lot of thrillers and a lot of Hitchcock movies, this feels like well-worn ground, even though it's the first time he did it. That's a weird perspective to come from. But hey, that's what it is. So uh, the Pleasure Garden's going to move forward. And uh, as at this point, my favorite Hitchcock movie, and I'm, I'm going to ignore the fact that I've seen movies like North by Northwest and, and Psycho and Vertigo and and watch those later and compare them at that point. So this is, uh, the end of the show. If you want to get in touch with me, you can go to budget arcade, either.com or at budget arcade on Twitter and Instagram on there is the discord link. I'm in that discord. You can come and say, hi, that's really the only way to get in touch with me. I don't have social media really, other than I do have a Twitter account for another podcast called film soliloquy. You can hit me there and probably in a week I will see it. Well, if you're listening, uh, let me know your feedback. If you're watched along, I would love to know what you think of these movies. Uh, you can definitely, like I said, Discord's the best place, but you can also email me at hitchcockchronologically at gmail.com. That is uh, an enormous uh, email address. I'm going to post it in the um, the comments or the, uh, the show notes so you can email me there any commentary you have and thoughts about the movie because i'd love to have a discussion i i'm watching these movies by myself because i doubt anyone wants to watch silent movies so well uh so let's let's see what we're doing next week so next week again we continue with the silent films i'll let you know when we leave the silent era a matter of fact we have six silent movies left and our next one has two names it is credited on imdb as when boys leave home uh but it is on the poster and everywhere else I can find it called downhill one word. And it does star Ivor Novello, who was the lodger in this film. So uh, we're starting to see some dedication to particular actors for the young Hitchcock. And so apparently he's, he definitely, so apparently he saw something he liked in Ivor and is moving him forward into the next movie. So uh, why don't you join me right here on this feed next week and we'll go over downhill when boys leave home from 1927, another silent film. We can get through this together if we try. Thank you for listening. Ooh, douche cow. Yeah, it's douche cow. Ah. If you got no proof, doesn't matter to the douche, douche cap. 
Got no proof, doesn't matter to the douche, it's a douche cat. Just found out what handcuffs were, it's douche cat. Doesn't even know how to catch a criminal, it's douche cat. Need someone falsely accused? All you gotta do is call one guy, douche cop. Douche cop. Douche cop. Douche cop. Doesn't matter if you're innocent. Douche cop knows where you need to go to jail. It's the douche cop time. Douche cop. Douche cop finds a girl he likes and throws handcuffs right on her. It's douche cop. Douche cop. I don't like him, neither should you, it's douche cop, douche cop, douche, to the cop, 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 douche, to the cop, 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 yeah, douche cop, this goes out to you, take your pancake makeup, take your brand new, what do you call them, handcuffs, first time you ever seen them in your life, take them, and get out of here, douche cop, no one likes you. <laughs>